Psalm chapter 20, beginning at verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the King hear us when we call. More than that than I'll ever preach out. <clears throat> we'll go back to verse 7. It says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. All right. So you all know David wrote most of the Psalms. And uh, I remember some of the things that he told, things that he faced. If you go over in 1 Samuel and read about David, he told how that he slew the lion and how that he slew the bear. And no doubt he thought at the time that that happened, that was probably a high point in his life. Days that the Lord had brought him victory. And then he faced Goliath, a champion that had never been beaten, a champion that stood head and shoulders above everybody, a champion that made the king of Israel's knees knock together for fear, made him back off, back down, cower in fear. And David alone stood to face him. Now David was a little shepherd boy. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, you Bible readers, and I hope that you've read this. If you don't have a Bible, let me know. I'll get you one. And Because you need to know what's in the Word of the Lord. We, we have generations of folks that don't know who these folks that I'm telling you about are, and you need to know. Because you need to know what God has already done and what He can do. Amen. So... There stood David, a little ruddy lad, just a little shepherd boy. He didn't have any fighting skills as far as soldiering went. He didn't have a sword. He didn't have a spear. He didn't have any visual armor that you could see. He tried on saws, and it swallowed him. It was way too big for him, and he couldn't use it. He couldn't fight in it. And, but he had armor that you couldn't see. Yeah. Aren't you glad for the armor that the world can't see? Amen. What are you talking about, preacher? Let's go to the New Testament. Let's talk about the shield of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of faith, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, loins gored abound with truth. That's our armor today. Amen. David had that. And he said whenever he heard the Philistine Bella, have you heard him today? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but, but I just want to cover this. He's still bellering today. Yeah. He's still hollering today. Satan and his army are still hollering today. And we've faced it just this past month. Preacher, you better not get into that. You better be tolerant. Let me tell you something. Anything goes against God's Word, you love those folks, hug their necks, Tell them that you love them. Tell them about Jesus. But sin is sin is sin and it's still wrong. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> Satan and his men are still bellering. They're still hollering. And how they'll conquer us and how that, how that we're dwelling away to nothing. But David said, who is this? Uh, sir, did David back down? I don't think he did. 
All of the army of Israel did. King Saul did. All of David's brothers did. Let me just preach this. If you're the only one out of your household coming to church, come on! Come on anyway. Have some determination. Have some steadfastness about you. Your testimony and the way that you live. Let me tell you something. Anybody can say an utterance of words. Anybody can spew out words of kindness and words of grace. But your daily walk proves what you believe. David could have stood there and said, I don't think you ought to talk about us like that. But he's willing to do more than that, wouldn't he? He was willing to stand up and to be counted. Are you willing? He went out to face Goliath, and I'm just going to spend a minute on this. He went out to face Goliath, and maybe somebody here preached it the other night and, and used Ethan as an example. But he went out... And stood before Goliath, and Goliath said, Am I a dog that you would bring such out toward me? He said, Well, I'll take your carcass, and I will feed it to the fowls of the iron, to the beast of the field. In other words, I'll utterly destroy you. And there was evidence to support the fact that Goliath could do that very thing. He had never lost a battle. He had won victory after victory. He was a champion uh, one of Satan's champions, and you may be facing one of his champions today. It may not be lust. It may not be greed. It may not be adultery, but you've got one you're going to have to stand in front of, and without the right preparation, you'll go down in defeat. But I'm here to tell you today, we need to do what David did. We need to remember the name of the Lord. He said, Thou comest before me with swords and with staves, but here I am, and I was coming before you in the name of the Lord, and He shall deliver you into my hands. What time I am afraid, this very man said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. When Goliath comes hollering your way, remember the name of the Lord. Some trust in chariots. Summon horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Israel down in Egypt, the plagues had come. Moses stood before Pharaoh, and a mighty nation, one that other nations looked up to, one with a great economy. One that was an example of what a, a nation should be was brought to ruin by the plagues. Crops failed. Flocks destroyed. And Pharaoh brought to his knees when the oldest of each household was killed in the midnight hour. I believe there was a cry went out. Had to be Pharaoh's heart. Had to be him boarded for the loss of his son. And in a moment of weakness as he saw it, he decided to let the children of Israel go. And so here they went. But Pharaoh, his mistake was, he put his trust somewhere other than the name of the Lord. He got 600 chariots and horses 
and went after the children of Israel to recapture them. Went after them. And surely 600 chariots and horses and soldiers to drive them could have caught up to children of Israel who were walking across the desert. Surely the horses and the chariots could have destroyed and the men that were in them could have destroyed the children of Israel. But they forgot something the Egyptians did. The children of the children of God remembered the name of the Lord. And so the Lord provided a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and made a separation so that the horses and the chariots could get to them. And when He brought them down to the, to the Red Sea, I believe it was, and, and told Moses to take his rod and to smote it, and, the, and an east wind came through and parted the waters, and the children of Israel went through. I'm going to preach on dry ground. Bobby, it wasn't a little puddle that they had to wade through the mud. It wasn't something that was a natural occurrence. The Lord parted the Red Sea and I believe there was a dust come up off the feet of the children of Israel as they crossed over. Amen. When God does something, He does it right. Amen. They remembered the name of the Lord. Pharaoh did. How did that work out for him? He trusted in his chariots. He trusted in his horses. And as they chased the children of Israel between the walls of water and the Red Sea, well, here's how dry it was. Now, you can dam up. and We're country folk here, aren't we? You take a creek and you can dam up one side of the water and there won't be any on the other side, but it'll still be mucky on it. It'll still be where you can't set your foot down in it because the ground will still be soft. This is how dry the land between the walls of water were in the Red Sea. It was so dry that the wheels of the chariots draped themselves down in the ground. They wouldn't turn. And there, the man that trusted the chariots and the horses met his ruin. There, the man that put his trust in soldiers of his that had swore allegiance to him, in men that were trained for battle, in men that knew how to handle those chariots and drive those horses, the trust that he had placed in those men was ill-spent because they had forgotten the name of the Lord. If you're not careful, you'll meet your ruin. If you don't remember the name of the Lord, well, preacher, that's a good Bible story about Pharaoh and his chariots and how the Israel, uh, the people of Israel crossed over the Red Sea on dry ground. Well, let me tell you something. Your chariot or your horse may be your job. Your chariot or your horse may be your bank account. Your chariot or your horse may be your health and what you think you can do and your, your dependence upon yourself or upon somebody else or upon a preacher. Let me tell you something. Preachers are human. They will let you down. You better remember the name of the Lord.
I had a preaching brother. God had given him a gift. One of the best preachers I ever sat under. When he got a hold of it, there was no denying that the Lord was using him. But he faced his Goliath and he forgot the name of the Lord and met his ruler. See, even preachers can fall. There were people from all over East Tennessee had a great faith in this man, and yet it was made known, his sin. What's the Bible say that there's nothing done in the corner that won't be brought out? Everybody in the church world knew his downfall. All because he forgot the name of the Lord. Well, what did he do, preacher? I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to gossip. I'm just going to tell you if you don't trust in the Lord, you're going to, be, you're going to fall ruined. Some men trust in What are you trusting in? What do you got your faith in? Well, my daddy's a good man. I know he's going to heaven and he'll take me with him. John, I've been preaching for 20 years. I got to see my son saved, but they didn't get it through me. Marty's son is saved, but he didn't get it through Marty. Marty just had to remember the name of the Lord and recommend him. (laughs) Oh, some men trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Let's go on. They are brought down and fallen. Does that not sound like Pharaoh? But we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, that the King hear us when we call. Remember the name of the Lord. Remember. Peter, you've been preaching the gospel, haven't you? You've been, you've been telling people about this Jesus. Yes. I, I, I'm tired of that. As Herod, the ruler of this land and country, I'm just going to lock you up. And after the Sabbath pass, we'll have your head. We'll cut your head off. But the church heard about that. Yeah. If Herod had had his way, Peter would have had his head chopped off. There have been no more gospel on the behalf of Peter. Oh, listen. If Satan had his way, he'd destroy you. He'd do you in. And he's got, well, listen, I have preached to you before about God's plan for you. And he does surely have a plan for each one of us. A plan to be happy. A plan to have love in your life. A plan to be a witness and a soul winner for him. But just as sure as, as God's got a plan for you, Satan has one too. He's planted your destruction. He's planted your open shame. He's planted to destroy you. We had a wonderful Bible school. Had souls saved. Got some of them. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Got some of them here with us this morning. Going to be baptized in the month of July. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But let me preach.
preach this to you. Young folks, Satan would, won't stop. He won't give in. He's got a plan for your life. And he'd love to see you on the streets of Newport Homeless. He'd love to see you <coughs> out with your life ruined, hooked on drugs, and nobody that cares, and have you destroy your own life. That's Satan's plan for you. But thank God he made a better one for us. Remember, Brown, when it seems like nobody cares, you need to remember something. You need to remember the name of the Lord. When it seems like all hope is gone, you need to remember the name of the Lord. Ain't He the one you trusted in? Ain't he the one that you turned to when your soul was lost and undone? If he was big enough to save your soul, surely if he's big enough to handle our little problems along life's way, remember the name of the Lord. Peter, you're locked up. You're bound in chains. Got soldiers on either side of you. Your fate is sealed. Your head is gone. Looks like there's no hope. But about midnight, an angel comes yeah. by. Why did the angel come by? And without somebody remembered the name of the Lord, surely Peter's head would have been gone. That'd been the end of Peter. But this one little group, the little old church down at John Bunk's mother's house, begin to pray. They remember the name of the Lord. I'm here to tell you today, you've got to, oh, thank you, Jesus. You've got a church that loves you when trouble comes your way. Bring it to the altar. Tell the church. Let them pray for you. And prayer, when it's made without ceasing, has results. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous. Now listen, do you have confidence in the folks you go to church with? If I didn't, I'd go somewhere else. Do you have faith that they live right? Do you know that they're good Christian folks? Are you sure that they love you? Well, if you are, bring your cares to the altar and surely, surely, surely there'll be one saint of God that can say a prayer and get through on your behalf. Let me quote that again. In case you missed it. The effectual, fervent, that don't mean it just a Sunday prayer. The effectual, fervent prayer of A. A. Surely, if the whole church has prayed on your behalf, there must be one righteous. Amen. A. I can't always say that's me, Johnny. There's times I'm far from the will of the Lord. But I would dare say there's somebody at Dutch Bottoms that could get a prayer through. So the effectual, fervent prayer of A, just one. I don't know how many's here today, Gayla. Shorted maybe 65, 70, something like that. Out of 70 folks, 
Surely one can get a prayer through on my behalf. That's why we're... This says that we're duty-bound to watch over one another brotherly love, to remember one another in prayer. When you join the church, when you come into covenant, you're duty-bound to pray for one another. And God knows there's times I need it, there's times you need it, but thank God we got each other. Aren't you glad to be a part of this bottom? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Surely there must have been somebody down at John Mark's mother's house that was righteous. Before I leave that, let's cover this. I hold a job, and you do too. Or you go to school, or... Whatever you do, you're retired, you got friends and neighbors that you love. But when you need a prayer, when you need somebody to talk to the Lord on your behalf, I'm not going to go to my job. Because I don't know what kind of life they live away from the workplace. I'm not going to go to the Walmart because they don't sell righteous people up there. My neighbors are good neighbors. They don't bother me, Chuck. They, they are good to me. They help me out when they can, and I try to help them. But I don't know what's in their heart. But when I go down to the church, and I see the tears flowing off their cheeks, and I hear Him praising the Lord, I know there must be somebody righteous. John Mark's mother's house was filled with folks praying on Peter's behalf. What were they praying? They were remembering the name of the Lord. You can trust in your horses. You can trust in chariots. Now listen, I know and Bobby's, Bobby's been going down to the doctor for radiation. My mother's going to Duke at the end of this week and probably facing the same thing or chemo or something like that. But I'm here to tell you, doctors are wonderful. God gave them knowledge to do what was necessary to help us. But remember the name of the Lord because He's the great physician. Prayer was made without ceasing. Becky sings a song when you prayed all night. Held on with all your mouth. The masters heard your cries. Remember the name of the Lord. Let me finish this up. Down at John Mark's mother's house, prayer was made without ceasing. And about midnight, there's old Peter locked up. Chains. Shackled. Soldiers on either side of him. And he may even be wondering when the sword's going to come. Chop that head off. And an angel comes by. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wakes him up. And as Peter stands up, the chains fall off. Yeah. 
Now imagine this. I've never met, seen a chain ringing that didn't make a noise when it fell to the ground. They'll, they'll ring metal clanking against metal. Yet the chains fell off Peter and the soldiers didn't wake up. That's right. Why did that happen? Because somebody remembered the name of the Lord. Peter got up, went to the first gate, and it was open. And he walked right through. and just kept going until he got out to the gate that led out into the street. And it was open. And he just kept walking. And when he, you know where he went? He didn't go to the Walmart. He didn't go gambling. He didn't go out to the lake to go fishing. But he was a fisherman, wasn't he? He didn't go back to the lake to go fishing. You know where Peter went? He went down to the church. Because he knew who had remembered the name of the Lord. He went down there and knocked on the door. And Rhoda came to the door and heard his voice and thought it was a ghost. Evidently it wouldn't hurt. Now listen, not everybody that's in the church is righteous. Did you know that? She was there and she thought it was the voice of his ghost. And she went and told the folks that was was praying. And they went and heard saw him and opened the door and let him in. How did that happen? How did Peter escape the throes of Herod? How did he escape with his head on his shoulders? Because somebody remembered the name of the Lord. If you're hearing in trouble, you may have tried everything else. Try Jesus. Remember, Becky sings a song. Show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. Remember, I'm human and humans forget. So remind me. Remind me, dear Lord. We sang glory, glory, glory. I wish you could see what I see. When we, when we sang that song, y'all are facing this way. I'm facing this way. Let's just cover that, okay? We got a minute or two. It's not 12 yet. (laughs) We sing glory, glory, glory. And we get to Wednesday. And my Wednesday folks right here stand up. Stand up, girls. This is what I see when I look back. I see a saint that's been on her way a long, long time. And two youngins that's followed right along behind Amen. her. Amen. Ain't that wonderful? Yeah. Then we get to Thursday. I see my Thursday folks stand up. They raise their hand. Where's my Thursday folks? Stand on up. Take a look around. Ain't that wonderful? Amen. Ain't that a sight? That ought to put us on shelf ground. Then we get to Friday. <laughs> And my Friday folks, stand up. Stand up, Friday folks. And I look. Two, two, three, four saintly folks. You what's coming right along? I just imagine seeing Ezra standing between Miss Faye and Miss Georgie. Makes me want to shout. Because I know God's still good. I know He's still saving. Makes me want to keep going on, Gene. Makes me want to keep living on. Ain't that wonderful? Ain't that good? 
glory. Somebody touched me with nothing I could do on my own. But God did it all for me. Why did He save a wretch like me? Because I remembered His name and I called on Him. You all can sit down. <laughs> Preacher, that's weird. Well, I'm strange anyway. God knows what to show me to bless me. Just cover the last verse. You want to? Save, Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. There's lots of things I want to see for Dutch Bottoms, and I hope you do too. I'd like to see us grow. I'd like to see every pew. First of all, have somebody on it. Secondly, be full from one end to the other. That's a good goal to have. I'd like to see us grow. I'd like to see us prosper. Preacher, I'm satisfied with what we got. You need to read covenant. Covered in the covenant. Did you know that? To promote its prosperity and spirituality. To sustain its worship. Ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. To contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, to the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel throughout all nations. Thank God you're watching. But I want to preach this to you. If you're going to help sustain, you need to be here to contribute. I'm not talking about money, although I believe that's a part of it. I'm glad you're blessed. And I know there are circumstances where folks physically can't be with us anymore like they'd like to. We've had a box sitting up here for, I guess, two months, hadn't we, Juanita? Different folks would love to sit where you're at this morning. They came for as long as was physically possible. Barbara Smith, the Bradys, Mike and, and Loretta, different ones, did everything they could do to help build Dutch Bottoms Church. But now it's failed to me and you. And that's why we do this, because we want to be a blessing to those folks. But I want to preach you this, and I know there are other folks that watch from out of state and things like that. We love them, we appreciate them. If you're going to help sustain us, you need to be here to contribute. We need you. Amen? Amen. All right. To strive for the advancement of this church. So with COVID, there were blessings in COVID. Did you know that? I got to hear Sonny Davis preach on Facebook. That was a blessing. I got to hear Charlie Johnson, both men that held revivals right here at Dutch Bottoms. I got to hear Charlie Johnson preach on Facebook. 
Some of you don't know him, but I got to hear Rex Cole preach on Facebook. All wonderful men of God. I didn't contribute any to their churches. I didn't have a stake in their congregation. They were a blessing to me, but what have I done? Listen, there's more to this than just saying I'm saved and sitting down. David had a request. He remembered the name of the Lord, and then he had a request of the Lord. He said, Save, Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. Somebody made a request. Somebody's been talking to the Lord. Somebody at Dutch Bottoms remembered his name. Because the Lord came by and saved. What better could we ask for? How about we ask Him to save some more? How about we ask Him? I'm so glad we see the children saved in Bible school. I want to see Kaylee saved. What's his name? Oh, see, Tavian's saved. I believe you do too, don't you? Bless his heart, Gene Bingham's in the hospital. He's in a struggle. You pray for him, but if he were here this morning, he would want me to tell you that he'd like to see Kimberly saved. I can't be satisfied. I cannot sit down. I cannot give up. I cannot say we're good like we are. The Bible says there's none good, Renee, but especially me. So I got a request, Lord. Somebody around here has remembered your name. Somebody's trusted on you. Somebody has called out to you, so I've got a request. Save, Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. Well, how long should I trust in the Lord? Let's cover that. You remember Job? He was a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and ensueth evil. The Lord even told Satan, have you considered my servant Job? <coughs> and he released Satan to go to try Job. He said, you can have everything he's got except his life. You can't take that. And you all know Job's story. In a day's time, he lost all that he had. He lost his servants. He lost his herds. He lost his wealth. He lost his children. And the next time we read about Job, he was sitting in the middle of a dusty road, eat up with a road, eat up with sore boils, and he was in such a bad shape that even his own friends didn't recognize him. Wife got discouraged and said, Why don't you just curse God and die? 
Why don't you give it? Why don't you forget it? Why don't you just quit and sit down and give up and never think about the Lord again? That was the message Job heard from his companion because she was discouraged. We all get discouraged from time to time. Job said in chapter 13, around verse 15, he said, though he slay me, I will trust in him. His answer to his wife was, you talk as one of the foolish women. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Why should you continue to remember the name of the Lord? Because above all, He's blessed. We'll go a little farther. For there's none other name given under heaven whereby you must be saved. Three eighty-five. Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. We'll go a little farther. Living below in this old sinful world, hardly a comfort can afford. Striving each day to face temptation sore. In the life column, where could I go but to the Lord? Where could I go? You know that song. Oh, where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to save me in the end. Where could I go but to the Lord? Where are you going to go? Who are you going to call to? I've heard people say I can count my true friends on one hand. I've got some good friends along my way. If you want to know about my true friend, that's him right there. Where could I go to the Lord? Some men trust in chariots, some in horses. We will remember the name of the Lord. Come on, Mom.